This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Equipment Defender. Check out the racks that stop theft in its tracks. With trimmer racks available in two, three, and four trimmer configurations, backpack blower racks that fit any size, make, and model of backpack blower, and many other racks available for the tools and equipment needed for your lawn care or landscaping business. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash equipment defender. And listen to this, guys. If you use coupon code LCBS10 at the checkout, you'll save 10% off your order. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome Lawn Care Nation to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host Julio Tomei and this is episode number 152 entitled Raising Your Prices When You Need To. Well hello everybody and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week and downloading those episodes as well as for the questions, the comments, the feedback that you guys have been sending through. Uh, On that note, just a quick reminder for you guys to, uh, if you haven't already, if you haven't had a chance to, uh, to uh, leave a podcast review uh, on iTunes for me, that would be very much appreciated. It uh, gives that social proof for the website uh, for those new uh, listeners looking for uh, or looking through podcast directories at, uh, you know, podcasts to listen to when they come upon uh, the Lawn Care Business Success podcast. If they see that past listeners have left reviews uh, and what they're saying, they know uh, that uh, the show really does uh, have value to offer and that it's worth downloading and giving a listen to. so, of course, uh, you know, I really do appreciate those of you who have left uh, podcast reviews in the past. And if you uh, would like to do so, if you do find value in the show and you want to, uh, you know, help uh, get the word out. Uh, there's a few things you can do. Number one, obviously, is leaving a review on iTunes. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash reviews. There you'll see the aggregated worldwide reviews of what everybody else has had to say about the show. Uh, and there's a link there that goes to iTunes that you can leave a review. Um, also, Apple has uh, made it a lot easier if you're using an iPhone and the native podcast app uh, to leave reviews. You can now do it right uh, directly from the podcast app, which makes it uh, super simple. Uh, and, uh, you know, reviews on other sites as well, uh, like uh, Google Play, uh, would be very helpful. Uh, so... This week's episode, uh, I wanted to talk about raising your prices when you need to. Now, this is referring uh, to, you know, if you are starting out uh, and you underbid um, your, you know, particular lawn that you're doing, um, you know, a job that you're doing that, you know, particularly in lawn care where uh, you will be doing that lawn uh, for the season, 
that the sooner you rebid that lawn, if you find that you're not making any money, uh, you know, cutting that lawn, that, uh, you know, to be able to, um, you know, approach the client, communicate to the client that you need to, um, you know, rebid that lawn. So I'm just going to play the podcast uh, announcements and then we'll get into the episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time. And get this. Even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so as I mentioned uh, before the podcast announcements there, um, you know, a little bit there about uh, raising your prices when you need to. Um, so you know, when you're starting out, it can be very hard to uh, gauge, particularly uh, if this is your first season starting out and you've got no prior experience, the quoting can be the hardest thing to get down. And, you know, especially, uh, like I say, if it's your first season, because you don't know, um, you know, what your true costs are going to be until after that very first season. And then you have something that you can start to uh, build on. Uh, but if you are, um, and I obviously recommend you guys, um, you know, constantly running your numbers, um, as far as fuel costs and insurance costs and all that on an ongoing basis, uh, and seeing, uh, you know, month to month, um, you know, your profit and loss and seeing, you know, if you really are, uh, making money and having a sort of financial snapshot of your business that you can refer to. Um, I've seen time and time again, and I've, you know, uh, read through forums and, you know, online and all that, um, with companies that will go, uh, you know, year to year and not even look at or not even know, um, the true costs of running a business. And they think that they're, uh, making money. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of it all, um, you know, they could have been working at a fast food restaurant, uh, for, you know, the equivalent, uh, amount of take home pay, um, without all of the, um, you know, things that come along with, uh, running your own lawn care business. Uh, so this, uh, you know, topic came to mind, uh, this past week, I've talked about how, uh, in past episodes, 
how crazy busy it is right now in spring. Uh, and this has to be easily the absolute busiest spring for me to date in my lawn care career. In 13 seasons, this is the busiest spring season I have ever had. And, you know, a lot of that I would contribute to having, um, you know, my website and having the Google places and having, you know, the proper SEO where everything is just, you know, firing on all cylinders as far as that goes. And just the, uh, sort of coming of age, um, as more and more consumers are always looking uh, and searching uh, the internet now for services, you know, versus the old school style of, uh, you know, back in the day of looking through maybe flyers or um, looking at newspaper ads uh, and those sorts of things. Um, I think it's only going to uh, compound year after year now uh, with more and more clients um, obviously using things like their smartphone predominantly to search out services, um, for, uh, you know, things that they may need and, uh, having a website, having things like Google places all works, uh, you know, in your favor for that. And, uh, you know, if you're a company that has that stuff in place versus maybe, um, you know, uh, 10, the 10 or 20 competitors in your area that don't have a website that don't have any sort of online presence, um, you know, you're absolutely going to smoke them in terms of, uh, the amount of calls you get, uh, from that. And I'm seeing it firsthand year after year, uh, with my own business as it just gets busier and busier and busier. Um, not only from the branding and brand recognition in my area, but also just, uh, you know, like I said, the majority of those calls coming in through, uh, the website now. Uh, so, you know, one of these, uh, I've talked about how busy it's been. Uh, and, uh, an interesting thing is a lot of calls have been coming in, um, week after week. Uh, and, in a lot of cases, the customers have been referring to another company in the area and saying that they're either uh, not happy with their service provider, uh, that the person's unreliable and they're looking for someone new, uh, or in some cases, they're saying that the, that particular service provider has told them that they're having staffing issues and can no longer look after their lawn. Uh, and when the customer asks, well, you know, do you know somebody else that would thing that company's always, uh, referring them to me, uh, or to my company. So, you know, I went, uh, to quite a few of these lawns that have this other, this link to this other company being their, the previous service provider. And I found an interesting sort of trend. And that is number one, that, uh, yes, in fact, these lawns have all been neglected. Um, they were all, uh, you know, pretty tall, uh, grass, uh, for the first mow, uh, that would be required. Um, the company had, you know, renewed with these clients and had started off the season with these clients, but then started to drop off in their visits. Uh, in one case, 
uh, the client told me it was about three weeks since the last time uh, that company had showed up. So they were all pretty tall, uh, most. The other thing I noticed from, you know, all of these estimates that I have done for this, uh, that have the link to this other company, um, is that they were all challenging lawns. Um, not one of the lawns that I quoted, uh, that were previously serviced by this other company were, you know, a nice, uh, you know, flat lawn, uh, easy access, um, you know, just a nice, quick, easy job. They were all just more challenging jobs. The third thing that I noticed was that every single one of these lawns was severely underbid. I'm not talking $2, $3, $5. I'm talking uh, $10, $20 uh, below what they should be for that particular lawn. So in one case, and I'll use these ones as the example, I went to go look, I got a call from this uh, client and, uh, or actually it was an email. uh, And the subject of the email was, I need your help. Uh, And uh, they go on to explain that they were unhappy with their service provider. They were trying to get in contact with them that, um, you know, the person was very unreliable, um, you know, started off the season mowing their lawn, but then dropped off, uh, that, you know, it, the lawns, uh, hadn't been mowed in about three weeks, um, and, uh, you know, when they finally got a hold of the person, the person then said that they were having staffing issues that, uh, you know, they didn't have enough staff to deal, uh, with the lawns. Now the, this particular customer also, uh, told me that, uh, she was looking for a quote or an estimate to mow her lawn regularly. And not only was it for her, but it was for her next door neighbor that they both were serviced by this other lawn care company. So, you know, I went, uh, to have a look at these properties. Now they're not in my typical area. They're still in the main town that I work in. Um, they're just a few blocks outside of, you know, one of the ones, uh, that I work of work in, in this sort of, uh, pocket. Uh, but it's a little pocket, um, separated by, a a small farm. Uh, so there's these houses. I usually wa- work up, uh, in this particular neighborhood. I usually work up to the, uh, residential homes that sort of, uh, go up to this, uh, particular farm. And then there's this farm there. Um, and, uh, it's just like a, uh, a corn farm. Uh, they grow corn there. Uh, and, uh, there's another little pocket of homes just on the other side of this farm. Now this little pocket of homes, um, are much larger properties than the, you know, standard sort of city lot. Uh, so it's actually a really nice neighborhood. You drive in, uh, it's an older neighborhood, uh, but they're, you know, the homes are all well kept in there. And like I say, they're just l- much larger properties, m- larger than you would, uh, want to mow with, um, <clears throat> you know, a traditional, uh, 21 inch push mower for, you know, a standard sort of city lot, uh, that you would be using. <clears throat> so I went to go look at these, uh, you know, two houses side by side. 
And, you know, just like the other ones that I had to go quote, uh, they were obviously the first cut, uh, uh, was a bit of a challenge. Uh, they were quite tall from not being cut here in the, you know, growing season for about three weeks. Um, <clears throat> and both of them had their own particular challenges. Um, they both had uh, hills. Um, one of them wasn't too bad. It had a, a hilly front lawn. Uh, but it was really bumpy. Um, but their back lawn was a lot... Um, a lot easier uh, than it was a lot bigger than the front lawn, but uh, it didn't have, um, you know, the same sort of hill uh, e challenge. It did have a bit of a an incline, but it was more gradual. The second uh, neighbor's house had a much more challenging front lawn um, with sort of a hill as well, a tree that was kind of in the way, um, and uh, their back lawn had uh, a couple of big uh, hills. They had a swimming pool. Uh, the lawn kind of wrapped around uh, the swimming pool, but it was on a uh, a big hill or slope. The pool was cut into the slope with sort of a big uh, retaining wall and the lawn kind of wrapped up and around uh, the swimming pool. So there was a big slope going up to the top of the lawn that sort of, uh, you know, went along uh, the top side of the lawn and then, uh, you know, wrapped back down on the other end. Um, incidentally, I actually, uh, if you're interested in uh, seeing these two, um, I did a video this past weekend uh, that you guys can check out, uh, and I just uh, called it, uh, I think it's titled Mowing Two New Clients Side by Side. Uh, so if you head on to my YouTube channel, you can check out that video and see these two uh, lawns, um, you know, uh, in detail, and you can see what I'm sort of talking about here. Uh, I will say, though, on the video, the slopes or hills that surround this pool um, aren't as bad looking on the video, um, and I think that's because I was using a GoPro type camera with the you know 170 degree uh, lens on it. It kind of um, flattens out the way uh, it looks, uh, but the hills are um, you know pretty decent sized enough that I'm still actually um, a bit concerned about them once the rain season starts again uh, and they become slick. Um, you know, to be going up and down, uh, these hills. Um, so anyways, I went to go look at these lawns and like I said, they were overgrown to start with, uh, because they had been neglected for the past three weeks. Um, they were, uh, challenging properties, just like all of the other ones, uh, that I have gotten, um, that have any sort of link to this other company. Um, and the customer mentioned, what they were paying, including tax for each of these properties. And I immediately thought in my head, that's, there's no way that I could mow these lawns for that price. Like that's what I charge for one of these standard city lots. Um, that's like flat and easy and, um, you know, uh, just a straightforward cut. These things are much larger, probably, um, three or four times the size of a standard city lot, as far as the amount of grass to be cut. Um, and you know, they've got these hills and 
rough sort of bumpy conditions and stuff. Um, again, you know, in the video, if you watch the video, you won't see sort of the bumpy conditions because you're just seeing the lawn, um, and the top of the grass. But when you're actually, uh, mowing it, um, you know, there's some potholes and sorts of things that are just buried in the ground that you don't see. Um, and in one particular case, I think I mentioned on uh, the video, I'm using a, the turf tracer on them. I've got it set quite high, uh, on the fifth hole, uh, on the adjustment hole, uh, for the deck. Uh, and in one case with the front lawn, um, now I'm traditionally mowing my other properties right now on the turf tracer on the third hole. So this is, uh, two spots higher. Um, and you know, in one case, uh, with the one front lawn, because it's so lumpy, there's some areas where it's scalping at the fifth hole. Uh, but then in other spots, there's so many dips that it doesn't look like it even gets cut, uh, in spots. Right. And I, you know, talked to the customer about this and they completely understood. And they just said, uh, that there's a lot of underground springs, um, and that, uh, you know, they've tried over the years of leveling out the lawn and flattening it out. And, you know, it only takes a few more years and then everything starts sinking and stuff again. And that they just mentioned that there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, underground springs, uh, under their property. They've been there for 30 years and, uh, you know, it's always been the case every time they bring in truckloads of soil and they get it all flattened out a few years later, it's all back to lumpy and bumpy and, uh, and, you know, uh, dips and valleys and that sort of stuff. <clears throat> so, uh, with that aside, like I say, they're just, uh, you know, more challenging lawn. So I was looking at it and thinking about the price that this person quoted. And I was like, there's, there's just no way. And I, I told the customer right away, I said, well, there's, you know, there's no way that I can mow, uh, the lawns for that price. I said, there's just no, uh, money to be made at that price. Uh, and I actually gave them a quote, uh, for each of the houses, uh, at $20 more for each house than what the previous guy was charging. And at first the, the client was, um, you know, a bit shocked at the fact that, uh, you know, the price would be $20 more expensive per mo than what they were charging before. But I explained the situation and said, you know, this is the situation. These are both larger lawns. Uh, they're a lot more challenging. Uh, and, you know, to be here doing them for that amount of time, um, you know, there's, uh, there's no point. And I was completely honest with them. I said, there's no point in me doing them if I'm not making money. I could be, um, you know, quoting, especially right now when it's very busy and there's constant calls coming in, um, I could be mowing or picking up, you know, a few houses that are smaller, um, but a lot more straightforward and easy and quick in and out, uh, and be making good profit on those without having to deal with the challenges of mowing, you know, these more complex lawns. Uh, and up to this point, they hadn't mentioned the name of the company that, uh, they, uh, you know, were sort of complaining about. Uh, but because I heard the name from other clients, I just asked them, I said, uh, by the way, was this company that you had before, did it happen to be such and such company? 
And they said, yes, why? And I said, well, lately we've been, you know, it's been very, very busy, but a lot of calls have been coming in from past clients of theirs in the same situation that you're in, saying that they were very unreliable um, and that when they finally, you know, uh, got a hold of them, that uh, basically the company dropped the client, saying that, you know, gave them the same um, excuse in that they don't have enough staff and that they can no longer mow their lawn. Now, I said, the interesting thing I found um, was that in each and every one of those cases of all of those clients that are in your situation that have called me because this other company uh, is having problems, I said, the interesting thing that I find is that not one of those lawns that I've gone to look at has been an easy lawn. They've all been challenging lawns. And I said, they've all been severely underquoted. Um, and, uh, you know, the customer kind of looked at me and was like, um, she kind of clued in to like, Oh, like, like that's interesting that, um, you know, that that's the case. And she said, you know, you were very upfront with us telling us, you know, that you couldn't mow it for that price. Why wouldn't the other company just, um, you know, let us know that they weren't making any money on the property? I said, you know, and they said, you know, it was very, um, they took offense to the fact that the other company dropped them sort of mid-season, that they started and renewed with that customer at the beginning of this season, mowed for about a month, and then, you know, all of a sudden then stopped servicing their property and then ended up dropping them. They said that was very, uh, you know, unprofessional and all that sort of stuff. And uh, they were like, why didn't they just uh, approach us and say that they weren't making enough money? And I said, you know what? I said, uh, I told them they probably were not, I said, my guess is that they were not having staffing issues. I said, just because if they were having staffing issues and they couldn't keep up with all the lawns, I think I would have seen, you know, of all these calls that have come in because of this other company, that there would have been at least a few lawns that were, you know, easy lawns to mow. But like I said, the only ones that they're, they've let go are tough lawns. Um, and I say, I think the case is probably more that, you know, just like me, they're probably experiencing a high volume of calls. They're probably getting a whole bunch of new clients and they're probably just replacing these difficult lawns with easier ones, uh, or these, you know, lawns that they may have, um, underbid, uh, when they started out in their business, just trying to get work with, um, you know, as they gain experience, as they, uh, you know, are, uh, gaining more, uh, popularity with their company, um, you know, they start to raise their prices and, you know, they're just raising their prices with new clients and then letting go of the clients that are under bid. I said, that's, you know, I can't say for sure if that's what's going on, but to me, that's what it looks like based on, you know, the amount of calls that have been coming in, uh, for clients looking for a new service provider because of that company. And also because of the types of lawns, when I go look at them, 
and the prices of those loans. And then that's when the customer was like, you know, why wouldn't you just, um, you know, communicate that the price was underbid and that you, you know, need to raise the price. And, uh, I just shook my head and said, I don't, you know, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, if you're going to, if you're willing to let go of a customer anyways, because you've underbid the price, why not just raise the price? And if the customer accepts the price, well, you've kept that client. You've got this, you know, extra client. Now you're making more money now for that job. If the client client decides that, you know, your new price is too expensive and they want to shop around, well, you were going to let go of that client anyways. So, you know, I think communication, uh, I think this was, you know, a poignant for the customer to say this to me that, you know, why wouldn't this other company just, um, you know, communicate to them that the lawn was underbid. And, you know, she said to me right away, you were, um, you know, direct and honest with us as soon as you saw the lawn and you heard how much we were paying before you said right away, there's no way that you could mow the lawn for that price. Uh, and that, you know, it would cost such and such. And, uh, so it's interesting because like I said, this other company gave up on these lawns and my feeling is that because they were more challenging, um, and there's some other hints that the customer told me, um, because she asked me what type, she was very interested in what type of mower I would be using. And I said, well, um, I would probably be using my, uh, walk behind mower. It's a 36 inch wide. Um, and she said, is that the type you stand on? And I said, it's not, um, a stand on mower per se. I said, it's called a walk behind, but it does have a little dolly on the back called a sulky that has some wheels that it folds down and, uh, I can stand on that and it'll pull me around. Um, and, uh, you know, from what I gather, it sounded like the other company may have had a stander mower and maybe that's why they underbid because they expected to use the stander on these properties, but because of the hills and challenging conditions, this standard wasn't working for them because it sounds like they started then push mowing, um, these two particular homes. And like I say, they're, you know, quite a bit larger, uh, for the amount of grass, uh, that they have versus, you know, your standard city lot. Um, so that's like, I don't know for sure that's what's happening, but just because of the customer probing me on what type of mower I was using. And she mentioned, uh, when we were talking about price and why didn't the company, um, you know, uh, just talk to them and raise the price. And then she said something like, um, you know, they could have used the standard if they needed to. And so that was giving me a hint that the customer could probably see 
that they had the standard mower on their trailer, but they weren't using it for whatever reason. Uh, and the customer maybe doesn't realize that standards, you know, maybe are not so great on hills uh, versus, you you know, the traditional uh, walk behind. But uh, I just found it interesting, like I said, that the customer kept, uh, uh, you know, asking me what type of equipment I would be using on their property. Uh, I think they just didn't want to uh, or make sure that I had the proper equipment to do it because obviously this past company um, was doing their properties with a push mower by the sounds of it. And uh, clearly it's too much uh, time and too much grass to be doing uh, with a standard, you know, a 21 inch uh, lawnmower. So like I said, I just found that poignant uh, because we all go through it. In the beginning, I remember when I started my business uh, doing lawns that I felt I had underbid. Um, when you're starting out, it's very, very uh, easy to do to underbid a, a client. You're uh, eager to um, you know pick up work. I still find actually even to this day um, that lawns that I quote early on in the season, like you know, the first few calls that come in at the beginning of each season that I end uh, or tend to underbid or uh, price lower. And I don't know if it's because, you know, it's the beginning of the season. I haven't been mowing lawns for a while, uh, you know, for a few months, uh, or I'm just eager to add new clients to the business. Uh, but I tend to find that, uh, customers who call early in the season, um, you know, will get, uh, in some cases a better price than if they called, uh, you know, even a month into the season when, uh, it's crazy busy and there's, you know, the phone is going nuts, uh, that those clients get a, uh, you know, more realistic price of what it actually, uh, would cost, uh, to mow their lawn. Now I'm not talking severely underbid like, uh, the case of these lawns where, you know, I ended up, uh, quoting them $20 higher for each lawn versus their last company. I'm talking, uh, you know, a 40, me bidding a lawn $40 when it should have been 45, uh, that sort of thing. But anyways, you know, we all get into those situations where, um, you know, you may underbid and especially early on when you are underbidding severely, you don't know the true cost of your business. Um, you know, me mowing a lawn or quoting a price at $40 when it should have been 45 is not that big of a deal. And I will, you know, mow that lawn for that season at that price. I won't change their price, but the next year, you know, I may bump up their price up to 45, depending on, uh, how it goes. Sometimes I can get so efficient on that lawn that the $40 is fine. Uh, but early on when I first started in business, I found, you know, I would quote a, a lawn for, uh, $30 when it should have been, uh, closer to 50, um, or 45 or something like that. 
where there's a much larger discrepancy and it's taking me a lot longer week in and week out than it should really. And in those cases, you know, if you continue on throughout the whole season, you are essentially, you know, working for free or leaving money on the table or making no profit on those jobs, breaking even. And you have to, you know, by knowing your costs, knowing, like I say, that's why you want to run your numbers uh, on a regular basis at the end of each month so that you know what it's costing you to run your business and therefore you can uh, more accurately assess whether you are pricing those lawns property properly. And if you find that, uh, you know, you're underbid, then, you know, if you're going to uh, lose money on a job, you don't want to continue on the rest of the season without addressing that. You want to be able to, you know, approach the customer right away and correct that if necessary. If the customer, you know, decides they don't want to continue on, you know, that may seem like it's um, a, you know, step in the wrong direction that you're losing a client. But if you're not making money, you know, that's the whole point of you being in business is to make money, is to make a profit. So just know that if you are going to, you know, reassess your prices and correct an underbid, you have to be willing to lose that property, first of all, uh, if the customer says no. But that's not a bad thing, depending on the severity of that pricing. If I'm looking at a lawn that I may be underbid by $5, I'll look at that and go, is it worth it for me to raise the price by, you know, $5 and possibly lose this customer? Um, or, you know, it's close enough to these other lawns and maybe it's on the same block that, you know, maybe it's not a big deal. There's enough efficiency here that uh, even, you know, at $5 less, I'm still making some profit, maybe not as much as the other ones, but I'm still making some profit. It's another house on the, this, you know, street. It's the visibility of, you know, maybe I'll be able to turn this into a few more properties, you know, that sort of thing where, you know, I might look at that same property and be like, okay, well, I'm driving all the way over here. It's the only house that I'm servicing. I'm making, you know, $5 less. I may be more willing to uh, reassess the price of that because it's the only one on the, that uh, particular neighborhood. Um, you know, that sort of thing. There's there's not enough uh, room there for efficiency by working on, um, you know, multiple houses to do that. Now, if the price is severely, I'm talking, you know, $10, $15 under, then that's something that I would say you have to readdress right away because going on and mowing that lawn um, and just breaking even, there's no point. 
um, when you could be, uh, you know, using that time uh, in other areas, uh, marketing your business and trying to pick up new clients um, that you can price properly. Now, through it all, you know, communication is the key. And this client uh, and this interaction with this client, um, you know, saying that, why wouldn't the other company just tell us that they needed to raise the price? You know, for her to say to me that you were very upfront and right away could see that, you know, the lawns were uh, not profitable at the price we were paying. Um, you know, why wouldn't the other company just raise the price instead of, you know, letting us go? Because obviously these customers now are happy and they're willing to pay, you know, a $20 higher price difference now with me than they were with the, you know, the older guy for the exact same service. Uh, the only difference now is that they're getting the reliability that I'll be there every single week. So, you know, that, uh, this past few weeks, just having these interactions with these clients and having these calls coming in, um, you know, and having a good number of these calls coming in, all past clients of this other business, all with lawns that were, you know, on the more challenging side, depending, you know, the severity of the challenging could be things from parking, could be things from, um, you know, where they are in the neighborhood, um, to, you know, hills or, uh, you know, stuff like that, or access to lawns, things like that. But in all cases, um, you know, they're just all severely underpriced. And even a challenging lawn can be a profitable lawn if it's priced properly. Um, so there's always money to be made on each of these properties if you price them properly. And I just thought, you know, like I said, found it, uh, important to note that, you know, these lawns were challenging. The customers recognized that they have challenging properties. And, you know, when I honestly told them, here's what it would cost me and why, you know, they understood, they knew that they had challenging properties and they accepted my quote, you know, for a much, you know, higher price per mo versus their past service provider. And if, uh, going back to that video, if you watch, uh, the video that I did of these two properties and I talk about at the very end that, you know, I'm still figuring out these properties, uh, figuring out, you know, what's the best way to mow them? What's the best way to trim them? Uh, what order should I do them in? Because of the experience that I have over the past 13 years of mowing lawns, I know that the first few mows always take me longer than they do once I get into the groove of those properties whether it's a single property or a string of four or five properties on a street, you get into a rhythm and I can start to, uh, you know, bring the amount of time it takes me to mow those lawns, uh, significantly, 
you know, uh, down. I can mow them for a lot quicker uh, than I would, you know, the first couple times that I do them. Uh, but it's just about learning those, uh, things, which, you know, may be challenging in those areas. What's the best way to mow this area? Should I mow this section first? Should I, you know, trim both properties first? Should I, you know, there's all sorts of different, uh, you know, little things that you find over the years and being side by side, uh, you know, there's uh, certain ways that you can work, um, in a certain order to get those done a lot quicker. And I can tell you already, even from that second mow, where in that video uh, I was filming and doing that, and, you know, in the video I'm talking about how I know that the lawns, it'll get quicker and quicker for me to mow those lawns, even with the amount of time it took me to do those two lawns, uh, which was just over an hour, uh, it was like an hour and 15 minutes or something like that to do those two lawns. Um, I'm still making way more, uh, profit already on that second mow, uh, than I had, uh, you know, anticipated. I was already able to cut down, uh, the time a lot quicker. Uh, and I know I'll probably be able to get those down to an hour to do both those properties, an hour together, half an hour each. Uh, whereas, uh, there, uh, you know, that's my goal with those two is to get them down to an hour and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it'll be tight. An hour will be hustling, I think for both of them by myself to do, but, uh, I'm pretty sure I can get them down to an hour, uh, where, uh, then I'll really be, um, you know, having a good, decent, healthy profit on those, which then, um, you know, makes those challenges well worth it. Uh, makes them, you know, really good lawns, <clears throat> lawns where you would be going instead of going, you know, I hate doing these lawns because they've got these hills, they've got this, this, and this, this, and I'm only getting paid this much. You're going, you know, these are lawns I'm looking forward to because uh, I make a good, decent, healthy profit on these lawns. And that's what it's all about is making a good profit and, uh, you know, paying your bills and, uh, <clears throat> building your business up successfully. So don't be afraid to, um, you know, approach your clients. If you're, uh, under bid jobs, um, you know, quicker than, um, you know, you would, if you've severely underpriced those jobs, don't be afraid, uh, of that. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of customers can be, uh, very understanding of that. Um, and uh, they recognize uh, the issues. But there's always, of course, the case of the customer that's just looking for the cheapest price and will drop you. And in those cases, you just have to be, if you're going to raise your prices, you have to be willing to lose those clients. But why not, you know, if you're going to, rather than just cut a bunch of clients that uh, are not priced properly, why not raise their prices first and see, uh, you know, which ones, you know, decide to accept your new price. And then that way you've got uh, this, you get to keep that client at a higher profit margin. And, you know, if they decide to, um, you know, uh, 
not accept your new price and they decide to cancel service, well, so be it. You are going to uh, drop them anyways. So I just thought it was an interesting uh, uh, story, interesting um, you know interaction with me this past uh, few weeks with these clients and the fact of this other company. And I uh, just wanted to share that with you guys, uh, thinking back to the early days uh, when I was uh, underpricing jobs, um, not on purpose a lot of times, just by inexperience uh, and trying to figure my way uh, out of those uh, and, uh, you know, rather than uh, dropping them, um, you know, I just always found it, uh, uh, you know, better to just raise their prices first, talk to them, let them know, communicate with them that, Hey, uh, I'm going to have to raise your prices. This, these are the reasons why. And if they decide not to go with you, well, Hey, you know, you, you know, that that was a, a possibility, but you weren't, uh, making, uh, enough profit on those jobs anyways. So that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.